Well, it's the Friday podcast and a great podcast. We have Bill O'Reilly as uh, usual. Uh, we have an amazing story from a judge voter who decided to get out of her shell because she hated the hatred and vitriol that she was hearing from the left. And she decided to go to a Trump rally. An amazingly brave article we share with you on uh, the uh, podcast today. Plus, I don't know if you know this, but there's a there's a hole in the sky uh, where a tree once was, and somebody's making some money. I know you heard that yesterday, but today, today, we've put our orchestral talents to the test to see if we could make this a hit. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. I've been a Democrat for 20 years, but my experience made me realize just how out of touch my party is with the country at large. This is an amazing story written by a woman on the left or a Democrat, and I want to read it verbatim because it is awesome. Listen to this. I think those of us on the left need to take a long look in the mirror and have an honest conversation about what's going on. If you had told me three years ago I would ever attend a Donald Trump rally, I would have laughed and assured you that there was never any chance of that happening. Heck, if you had told me I would do that three months ago, I probably would have done the same thing. So how did I find myself among an 11,000-plus Trump supporter rally in Manchester, New Hampshire? Believe it or not, it all started with knitting. You might not think of the knitting world as a particularly political community. I honestly have never even thought of it as a community, but, but you'd be wrong, she writes. Many knitters are active in social justice communities and love to discuss the revolutionary role knitters have played in our culture. And I started noticing this about a year ago, particularly on Instagram. I knit as a way to relax and escape from the drama of real life, not to further engage with it. But it was impossible to ignore after roving gangs of online social justice warriors started going after anyone in the knitting community who was not lockstep in their ideology. Can you believe this has gone to the knitting community? Knitting stars... Didn't know there were, but knitting stars on Instagram were bullied and mobbed by hundreds of people for seemingly innocuous offenses. One, got, one man got mobbed so badly that he had a nervous breakdown and was admitted to the hospital on suicide watch. Many things were not right about the hatred and witnessing the vitriol coming from those I had aligned myself with politically was a massive wake-up call. Democrats have an ass-kicking coming to them in November, and I think most of them will be utterly shocked when it happens. You see, I was one of those Democrats who considered everyone who voted for Trump a racist. I thought they were horrible, yes, even deplorable, and worked very hard to eliminate their voices from my spaces by unfriending or blocking people who spoke about their support of him, however minor their comments. I watched a lot of MSNBC and was convinced that everything he had done was horrible and that he hated anyone who wasn't a straight white man. 
and he had no redeeming qualities. But when I witnessed the amount of hate coming from the left in this small niche knitting community, I started to question everything. I started making a proactive effort to break my echo chamber by listening to voices that I thought I would disagree with. I wanted to understand their perspective, believing that it would confirm that they were filled with hate for anyone who wasn't like them. That has turned out not to be the case. The more voices outside the left I listened to, the more I realized that these were not bad people. They were not racist, Nazis, or white supremacists. We had differences of opinion on social and economic issues, but a difference of opinion does not make your opponent inherently evil. They could justify their opinions using arguments rather than shouting and the ranting that I saw coming from my side of the aisle. I started to discover, or perhaps rediscover, the hashtag walkaway movement. I had heard about walkaway when MSNBC told me it was fake and nothing but a bunch of Russian bots. But then I started to meet real people who had been Democrats and made the decision to leave because they couldn't stand the way the left was behaving. I watched town halls where they had differing minority communities, all available on YouTube. And I saw sane, rational discussions from people of different races, backgrounds, orientations, and experiences. I joined the Facebook group for the community and saw stories popping up daily of people sharing why they were leaving the Democratic Party. This wasn't fake. These people aren't Russian bots. Moreover, it felt like a breath of fresh air. There was not universal agreement in this group. Some were Trump supporters. Some weren't. But they talked and shared their perspective about shouting, uh, without shouting or rage or trying to cancel each other. I started to question everything. How many stories had I been sold that weren't true? What if my perception of the other side is wrong? How is it possible that half the country is overtly racist? Is it possible that Trump derangement syndrome is a real thing and that I had been suffering from it from the last three years? And the biggest question of all was this. Did I hate Donald Trump so much that I wanted to see my own country fail just to spite him and everyone who voted for him? Now, fast forward to the New Hampshire primary, and we've all seen the politicians running around the state making their case. I've seen almost every Democratic candidate in person and noticed that their messages were almost universally one of doom and gloom not only focusing on the obvious disagreements with Donald Trump, but also making sure to emphasize that the country is a horribly racist place. Now, I do believe that there are real issues when it comes to race and that we as a society haven't reckoned with them yet. And while the 2017 protest in Charlottesville, Virginia, led to a tragedy uh, precipitated by real racists and real Nazis, real white supremacists, I started to see that those labels simply don't apply to most people who support Donald Trump. But with all of this, I was still reticent to even consider attending a Trump event. I don't believe that Trump's attitude is worthy of the highest office of the land. I abhor his Twitter. I vehemently opposed so many of his policies. But still, I wanted to see for myself. I'm not going to lie. I was very nervous. So I thought I'd start my day in familiar territory at an MSNBC live show in New Hampshire that was taking place a few blocks away from the rally. 
I decided to wear my red hat that looks like a Trump hat, but with one small difference. It says, make free speech again. Make make free speech again. Or no, make speech free again. Sorry. The funny thing about that hat is that it is completely open to interpretation. When I wear it around left-leaning people, they think I'm talking about the right. When I wear it around right-leaning folks, they think I'm talking about the left. It's just another stark reminder of how much our own perspective and biases play into how we view the world. In chatting with the folks at the taping, I casually said I was thinking about going over to the Trump rally. Well, the first reaction they had was a genuine fear for my safety. I have never seen people I didn't know so passionately urge me to avoid all of those people. One told me that those people were the lowest of low. Another man told me that they had gone to one of Trump's rallies in the past, and he had been a target of harassment by large, muscle-bound men. Another woman actually offered me her pepper spray. I assured them all that I thought I would be fine, and I'd get the heck out of Dodge if I got nervous. What they didn't know is that they weren't the only ones I had heard from uh, who said they should be afraid. Some of my more right-leaning friends online expressed genuine fear at my going, not because they were afraid of the attendees, but they were afraid of people on the left violently attacking the attendees. This was a day after a man had run his car through a Republican voter registration tent in Florida. There was genuine fear that this would be repeated or that Antifa would bust people in from Boston for it. Just as I had assured those on the left, I told them that I thought I would be fine because I... We really don't have Antifa in New Hampshire, but I'm not going to tell you that I, uh, it didn't get to me a bit. When everyone around you is nervous for your safety, it's hard not to question if they have a point. Well, I attended. I couldn't help but think if they could just see the world through the lens of the other for a moment or two, it would be a stark revelation that they don't know as much as they think they do. This was so different than any other political event I had ever attended. The energy around Barack Obama in 2008 didn't even feel like this. So I headed over for an hour and a half before the doors were scheduled to open, which was four hours before Trump was set to take the stage, and a line already stretched a mile away from the entrance to the arena. As I waited, I chatted with folks around me. And contrary to all the fears expressed, they were so nice— I was not harassed or intimidated. I I was never in fear of my safety, even for a moment. These were just average, everyday people. They were veterans, school teachers, and small business owners who have come from all over the place for the thrill of attending this rally. They were upbeat and excited. In chatting, I even let it slip out from time to time that, yes, I was a Democrat. The reaction was, good for you. Welcome. What else happened, and what did she finally discover, and what is she now sharing, I believe, at her own peril? You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Bill O'Reilly has got a lot on his plate today. Uh, But I want to start with his article that uh, just came out a couple of days ago, What's Left? 
He writes, after watching Friday's debate, it's obvious the Democrats have a conundrum. Joe Biden's campaign is falling apart. Bernie Sanders is leading. Michael Bloomberg is looming. And all of that is good news for President Trump. So, Bill O'Reilly, let's start with this analysis. Let's start with say it ain't so, Joe. Uh, Befuddled is the word of the day. Uh, He does not seem to be able to articulate his vision, maybe because he doesn't have a vision. So for all the listeners of the Glenn Beck program, except for Stu, this is a little bit beyond. Mm -hmm. Um, Joe Biden would like to do fill in a blank. Fill it in. Retire. Retire. What? What? (laughs) What? I don't know. Go, go home. Time, no, he. Oh, uh, you mean politically? Yeah, nobody knows. But I think he is sending def- definite signals. I just want to go away. I don't want this job. I mean, have you ever seen anybody? You know, um, Hillary Clinton had this air that she deserved the job, and you're just going to yes. give it to her. Um, right. Joe Biden is is almost out there every day. Every time I see him, I'm like. All he's saying to me is, please don't vote for me. Please, I don't want this job. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, what the lying dog face pony soldier was all about. Now, who in this whole world would come up with that statement? Is there anyone who would come up with a statement like that? So I'm, I'm going, you know, this is getting to be like the Twilight Zone. I think Rod Serling is writing his speeches, standing in the corner. You're traveling in another dimension. Do you remember a comedian named Norm Crosby? Yes. Is that the, yes. Okay. I, pe- I want people to Google Norm Crosby. That's Joe Biden. The late Norm Crosby is <laughs> inhabiting his body. I am going to have to look him up again, but I think if I'm thinking of the uh, the same guy, I think you're right. I'll have yeah, to look him up. Uh, that's who it is. Yeah. I, I said that the other day because nobody remembers poor Norm, but right. it's worth Googling him because that is what Joe Biden is. He's he's inarticulate. We've always known that. But now it's beyond that. It's into a kind of um, Saturday Night Live, but this is serious uh, situation. So you say that Joe Biden doesn't have a message, but Bernie absolutely does and what's his message well bernie sanders is a dangerous man i mean everybody should know that that the, yeah he looks like a caricature up there and uh, larry david is playing him and all that but he's a dangerous man i mean first of all the guy comes out and says hey whole country's racist i mean i was insulted by that all right i mean i'm not a racist and i don't know any racists the whole country is not racist you're a liar and that's a lie that's not an opinion. That's a lie. That's number one. And then you look at what he is telling you directly. The only good thing about Sanders is he does spell it out, unlike Judge, we'll get to in a moment. But Sanders spells it out. He goes, look, if you elect me, I am going to try to have the federal government run the economy. I am going to seize private property. I'm going to have an open border whereby no one will be asked for credentials to come to the United States, and I will withdraw every single American military person overseas, allowing anybody to do whatever they want. That's his platform. That's it. All right? And there's no, no, there's no comeback. That's what he wants to do. And then you get people go, oh, yeah, Bernie, yeah, yay. Do you really want the country to vanish? 
to be vaporized because that's what he would do. Bill, um, do you sense that there is a lessening of enthusiasm on uh, in in the Democrat? I'm not talking about the party. I'm talking about the voters that they are waking up to this and they're saying, I don't want really any of this. Well, the television ratings are the only facts that I can point to to bolster that theory. So you have Fox News, which is now 95% pro-Trump. Mm-hmm. All right? When you and I were there, it wasn't close to that as far as being a monolithic presentation. Mm-hmm. Well, they're just going crazy. I mean, they're doing great because every Trump supporter watches Fox News. The others are not doing well. Even in big, big days, news days like the New Hampshire primary, MSNBC and CNN are getting killed sometimes three to one in prime time. So the Democrats are not flooding in to watch important things like the Democratic debates or the uh, returns from the primaries. They're not. So then you can make a correlation. They go, they're not really uh, excited. I don't think in the black communities – any of these candidates are really shaking it up? Do you? I don't I don't know. I'm, I'm not part of a black community, but I haven't seen anybody that seems to be speaking to anybody but those who hate well, America. Um, that's and, why the Bloomberg tape from Aspen in 2015. So bad. Yeah, because even if you were an African-American um, that said, all right, you know, I don't like Trump. And uh, I want as much Democratic uh, input as I can in uh, Washington. And maybe Bloomberg can beat Trump. But now, I mean, he got this guy saying, you know, all of these things um, generalizing about young black males. And I'm not going to say that he was wrong in the sense that the policy of stop and frisk dropped murder in, the, in uh, New York City 80%. 80%. Wow. wow. All right? So you can disagree, and I certainly understand that if you're a black citizen and you walk out to the street, you don't want a cop throwing you up against a wall. I, I can understand that. But it did save thousands of lives over a long period of time. But Bloomberg was celebrating throwing the African-American youth against the wall. If you listen to the tape. Yeah, not only celebrating, almost demanding it, saying, you know, we don't stop. We stop too many whites. You know, he um, was being analytical. Yeah. And, well, he's and, also, and he but, was, but he's also a completely unlikable guy. I mean, you could say that about Donald Trump. He's, 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 uh, you know, I really don't like Donald Trump. Well, there's something about Donald Trump that at times is funny. Like when he did the, uh, the tweet and I, I'm not a fan of his tweets, but, uh, you know, when he tweeted about uh, Governor Cuomo coming and he says, you know, it's time for New York to wake up and I'm going to talk to the governor about these things, yada, yada, uh, as long as he doesn't bring Fredo. Leave Fredo yeah, home. Leave Fredo home. I mean, right. that is, that's yes, he funny. Has, he has a sardonic sense of humor. Correct. Where that, Bloomberg doesn't. He's just no, he straight doesn't. out mean all the time. Well, I don't know about that. I, that might yes. be unfair. I mean, I no, know I him. I, I don't know. I, I would say that he's business-like, and he's brusque 
How about that for a word of the day, Stu? Brusque. Brusque. All right. <laughs> mean, I, I don't see him as, as going, oh, I'm going to really make people feel terrible today. No, he's not, know, he may I, not be intentional. No, he may not be in, um, intentional about it. He's just... Uh, he's brusque. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't care. Fools. And he doesn't. He lives in his own little world. Yeah. And so and he's... it's not little, by the way. No, I he's know. Re- no, no, I know. His world is $60 billion. Right. And he has a lavish, lavish living quarters in Bermuda, in London, England. Not good for in him. In New York City, in Boston. And that, again, how are you going to sell that to Bernie Sanders supporters? So You're not. Here's the analysis. Bloomberg now has been in, uh, basically embraced by the Democratic media. If you're... Uh, the Wall Street Journal has the best now, um, and I'll give you this, and it's beyond any reasonable doubt. So the Wall Street Journal's editorial page is conservative and traditional. Their news pages are liberal. Mm-hmm. After the tape broke, the headline in the Wall Street Journal on Bloomberg was, Bloomberg reiterates policing mistakes. <laughs> Regrets, policing regrets. That was the headline. It wasn't Bloomberg wants to throw black youth against the wall. No, 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 no. Reiterates police regrets. I was, I mean, that was the headline of the story. Like, whoa, don't worry about it. It's, you know, we're sorry. No, he wasn't sorry. He was having a good time. Wall Street Journal. You're not telling the truth. So shock, how right? is this, how is the media yes. who has been feeding Antifa and excusing Antifa and everything else while still being big government progressive Democrats, uh, how, how are they going to, how are they going to ride this wave without being, you know, sucked oh, underneath it? It's chaos. Look, the national press is now top down, which means executives and editors tell reporters what to write. All right? That's what's happening. And we have gone over this and over this and over this. Mm -hmm. It's happening everywhere. Everywhere. There's not... McClatchy newspapers folds because it's exactly that. Right. All right? McClatchy headquarters are telling the Miami Herald, Kansas City Star, Charlotte Observer, Sacramento Bee, what to write. And you better write it or you're fired. And that, and the people know that. What is this? What is this headline on Bloomberg? This is ridiculous. Okay. So now what you have is a Democratic media. They know Sanders can't win. They know it. So they're looking at four more years of Trump. So they're panicking. Well, what are we going to do? Who are we going to put in there? And I thought they might go to Buttigieg, and I want to talk about him after you take your break. All right? But... They seem to be trying to go to Bloomberg, and Bloomberg now can't get any African-Americans. And 20, 25% of Sanders supporters are never going to vote for Bloomberg. Never. Never. You leave off the minority vote and the 25% of Bernie people, you can't win with them. Right. He can't win. Right. And the problem is, it will, it will destroy the party by trying to... Uh, throw in with Michael Bloomberg every single leftist who, you know, at all thought that they could play footsie with the Democratic Party. They now, I believe, 
almost thoroughly control them and just because of their power and their status and their machinery uh what's going to happen when they start pulling that thing apart from the inside right now we're on the phone with uh bill o'reilly giving a kind of a week in review with bill and we were talking about pete Buttigieg and who pete Buttigieg was or is uh and he's not a moderate where does he no. where does he stand on on foreign defense because he's he is a uh, a veteran yeah and he makes a lot of uh hay out of that he's a naval reserve served in Afghanistan for seven months and got a medal over there. And I applaud that. Yep. Me too. Okay. But he didn't, uh, didn't understand why Soleimani had to be smoked. No idea. <laughs> well, why, why do we do it? How did that help the country? Oh, I mean, one of the worst guys on the planet, Soleimani. Yeah. Um, and then you go to the green new deal. He's down with it. Loves the green new deal. Got to have economic justice along with it. So Buttigieg is as radical left as Bernie Sanders without the socialist label. And I predict that the press will soon turn to Buttigieg. And just today, there's a column by A.B. Stoddard. Do you know her? You see her on TV once in a while? Yes, I know the name. All right. So here, here's, uh, here's what A.B. says. Mayor Pete, is not, Mayor Pete has proven not only to be a compelling candidate with a resonant message but an effective campaigner. Uh, what exactly is the resident message? Do you, does anybody know? Well, what's the resident message? I think, quite honestly, I don't know if he actually f- talks about this uh, very much, but I think what people get from him is, hey, look, I'm reasonable, and we all just yeah. need to come together. That's, that's, yeah. it's, a, it's a hope We're and change. turning ch- the page. Right. Back. It's a hope gonna... and change kind of message without ever exactly. defining hope and change. Exactly. You know, um, eight years ago, I was in New Hampshire with Barack Obama in that famous incident where his body man tried to block my cameraman from shooting, mm. and I had to remove the body man. Um, but to Obama's credit, uh, he said that day that he'd do an interview with me, and he did. But I sat there for speech after speech, and it was hope and change, changing hope. I don't know who hope is, but when I meet her, well, I'm going to change her. Mm-hmm. I, it was crazy. Um, that's exactly what Buddha judges do. Well, turn a page, and we're going to have a new this, and we're going to do that. And, and then Biden goes, well, the old way wasn't so bad. And then I thought Buddha judge was saying, well, yeah, but you and Ulysses Grant really screwed up a couple of things, you know. <laughs> Um, you know, that kind of thing. So, yes, right. he's the new, young, hip guy. But this woman, A.B. Stoddard, who has a national column, oh, resonant message. Yeah? What? What? All right, Bill, let me let me uh, change subjects. What's happening with the Attorney General and, and Donald Trump with the tweets? Is this anything uh, to worry about, or is this just friendly sparring back and forth? I don't think there's anything friendly about it. I think Barr is very worried that uh, the media, which desperately wants to marginalize him before the Durham report Correct. comes out on FBI corruption, the media is going to say he's in a tank. Barr's in a tank. You right. can't listen to anything Barr or Durham or anybody else says are in a tank for Trump. Right. And but- that's what Barr is worried about. Right. And, and he doesn't want that label. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then Trump makes it very hard for him by tweeting out stuff um, while investigations and cases are underway. And here's how dopey it is. And I'll tell you why Trump does it in a minute. 
Trump didn't have to say a word. Let him give Stone nine years, which is insane when the average rapist in America gets four and a half. You're going to give Stone nine for lying. Go ahead. The next day, Trump pardons him, right? Yes. And he says, I can't abide by this sentence. He doesn't have to tweet. He doesn't have to get involved. He doesn't have to do any of this. But the reason Donald Trump does, as Stu well knows after reading the United States of Trump, Mm -hmm. is that the thing that Donald Trump loves most in the world is money, but second is confrontation. He lives for it. This is a stimulator for him. And so he has to get involved with everything. And meanwhile, Barr and his guys are going, you know, they're going to kill us, and they're going to make us look like stooges. So we have to say, knock it off. Do you think and that's what happened. Is there any uh, thought that it, this could be a little bit of theater? Like, they both no, realize no, this is the no. end goal, and if, if, if Barr comes out, says in advance, look, I have to say this thing to push this back off so we have credibility when the, the no. report comes out, none of that happens? No, because Barr is a very straight shooter. He doesn't play the theater game. He doesn't do any of that. He sees himself as Elliot Ness, tough law enforcement guy, doesn't want to be marginalized by the perception that Donald Trump is telling him what to do. Now, if this doesn't hurt the relation, if, if Donald Trump doesn't get, um, you know, if he's not angry, you know, how dare the, the attorney general tell me to stop my tweeting and to back off. If he doesn't get his back up, this actually works to the advantage because it, it separates the two of them. But is Donald Trump, when he says, oh, no, there's not, you know, hey, I'm not offended by what Attorney General Barr said. Do you think that's true? I don't know. Oh, boy. I, I, I just look. You bought All the, I know you, is you're the that, writer of the United States of Trump. What do you mean you don't know? No, but, but I'm not a mind reader. The United States of Trump is fact based. Well, I don't so, speculate so I on what the you, man thinks. Well, I thought you were. I thought you did. And I thought uh, you were, well, you were once again wrong. Why <laughs> um, well, speculating? General is the most important yes. person in Washington. Does Donald, Donald Trump. Trump know that? I don't know. No, oh, jeez. I, I listen. I'm going to sell my book now. I've already read he, it. I'm going to try to take one of he those. Will not the president will not discipline himself. And therefore, every day there's another controversy. And, and that is, if he would stop, he'd win in a landslide. But I don't know if he's capable of stopping because he loves confrontation that much. Okay, do you believe he should stop? I, sh- I believe he should stop tweeting th- some things like, like this. Stop, stop. But do I you think, he, do, he would you put, take his Twitter, uh, you know, uh, account away from him? Well, you can only do that if you arrest him and put yeah. him in solitary. <laughs> right, I know. If you could, what in a perfect. I, what in I a, would do, and this is on Melania Trump, in the middle of the night, in the two hours that Donald Trump sleeps, mm-hmm. I would sneak into the room with uh, a, a physician and put a giant cast on both his hands. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
let me play devil's advocate here. I am not a fan of his tweeting. I am not a fan of the way he always just shoots himself in the foot, it seems, um, and the way he handles uh, situations. However, if I were to look at this, uh, it is because of his tweets that people uh, that are his targets, for instance, the press, blow themselves up. They just blow themselves up because he tweets something it starts this firestorm. He doesn't blink, and they prove him to be right. But it's exhausting for the country, so he doesn't need to do it anymore. I'm not saying he should not do it ever. When there's an egregious situation, he can instantly respond to it. But you don't need, and the Roger Stone thing is a perfect example, you didn't need to even bother with this. Just pardon a man after the sentence comes out. That's all right. All. Last, last, last thing. The Senate yeah. has passed a war powers measure aimed at uh, limiting President Trump and his ability to wage war against Iran. Your thoughts on this? I don't have any thoughts on it because it's a bogus issue. Trump will veto it. It's not going to happen. The only reason a few Republican senators voted for it is because they're worried about their reelection. And, you know, mm. guys like Rand Paul, they don't want any foreign intervention anyway. So they would vote at Lee's like that in Utah. Well, Lee, but, no, no, wait, 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 wait. Don't smear yeah. Lee like like that. I'm not he's, smearing Lee. No, no, no. But I'm you're saying that he's, he doesn't like foreign intervention, and you he, know that's true. No, he doesn't like foreign intervention that is unauthorized by Congress. All he doesn't right, like that, Yemen. He's right, really fine, against the Yemen. Whatever thing. you want. That's why he voted against it. But it's a bogus issue because Trump will veto it, and no, okay. they don't have enough votes to override the veto. All right. So, you know, it's just another one of these things that they'll blow up for two days, and then it'll go away. All right. Um, Bill O'Reilly, what are you doing for Valentine's Day? You know, I never talk about my personal life, but I will tell you that all the females in my orbit are very pleased that I'm so generous. <laughs> okay, Bill. <laughs> yes, I can say the same thing. Well, and I know that to be true. Yeah. I Beck is a very generous man, and the people in his orbit understand that. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, thank you so much. I, uh, I appreciate your uh, calling in today from BillOReilly.com, the United States of Trump, number one bestseller. Uh, and uh, it is, if you really want to understand Donald Trump, that's his latest book from Bill O'Reilly, BillOReilly.com. Have a good weekend, Bill. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Hey, it's Glenn, and you're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. If you like what you're hearing on this show, make sure you check out Pat Gray Unleashed. It's available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Bill's back on the phone. Uh, Bill? Yeah, Beck. <laughs> you, don't, uh, you don't sound like yourself. Well, I think I just got my plug in. You uh, what? My plug. Your plug. Yeah. Okay, the yeah. United States of Trump, uh, out in bookstores. Yeah. Pick it up. Yeah, I, I talked to the president for... 147 hours yeah on a plane yeah flying around the world wouldn't right. even land wanted to talk to me more right and just uh just when, when you're watching it uh, when you read the book uh, just remember you, you learn everything about it you know what's going to do you, you, you can predict every story back really you predict every story back because really? you know what's coming next okay well th- that's so. why i wanted to ask you um you yeah. know wh- what you i think was you- i was having pre- i was having breakfast this morning with the president 
You were, we're, we were talking about all these things, and it was me, uh, the president, Melania. We right. were having breakfast in bed, fully clothed. Right. And you were in just, you breakfast mm, with the president yeah, back, just back, this morning. Back, back, back. Yeah. I just, just, it's the United States of Trump. People, get the folks to buy it. Yeah, okay. All right. So, that, well, that's what I wanted to know. I wanted to know what you thought he was going to you know, do with, uh, you know, with Bernie Sanders on the... What? What? On the, I wanted to know what you thought he was going to do, what approach he would take. I, do, I don't know. What am I, am I, am I going to speculate on that? What, what, what I, am I, a mind reader? No. You, you think you're talking to Kreskin here? No, I... How am I going to predict that? I don't... You know I it. You were on a plane back, and... Back, I don't speculate. <laughs> right. I... I don't do speculation right. like you do. You no. come up with these theories. No. <laughs> and you talk to America about your, your feelings. Word that's of the not, day? That's, yeah. not, that's not what I do. Right. Okay. Right. I, I, I'm not going to take out my crystal ball. Right. No, I'm just... And I, but you said, you know, if you read the book, you'll know where... You'll hold, be able hold on, to, hold on. Let me, get the, let me ask these precogs over here that right. are bathing in milk. <laughs> hey, is, what's Trump going to do next? <laughs> He does have a weird line, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. He does. Yeah. He, uh, you know, you ask him, well, what do you think? Uh, I don't. Come on. What are you You're, doing? I'm not. You I don't bastard. Sp- what are you? Why are you asking me that? <laughs> uh, uh, what, what, come on, you bastard. What's stupid asking me questions about the future? I know it's just, just it, read United States of Trump. All the answers about what he's going to do are in there, but just don't ask me about them because I don't do any speculation. But you understand you him. Son of a bitch, man. <laughs> Shut up. Stop asking me things. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, Mr. Bill O'Reilly. It's a premium subscription. Uh, get a free book for each purchase. <laughs> <laughs> it is a strange line. All right. Back with the last hour of the week of the Glenbeck program, and it's a good one. We've got 20 minutes of entertainment all jam-packed into 60 minutes, and uh, you don't want to. Well, you could miss 40 of them. This is the best of the Glenbeck program. Hey, it's Glenn, and if you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. His podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcast. Hi, it's Glenn. If you're a subscriber to the podcast, can you do us a favor and rate us on iTunes? If you're not a subscriber, become one today and listen on your own time. You can subscribe on iTunes. Thanks, and take one for yourself. This is, I will tell you what it is, but go ahead, take one. This was made by my daughter. Uh, Hannah <clears throat> and Hannah is uh, hmm. you know you know Hannah okay I'm, I'm intrigued okay she is uh, she is a she's a vegan now yes I've okay. heard this yeah oh my gosh this uh, right and she has been making stuff uh, that's all vegan and uh it kills me to say it, but it's good. <laughs> Try this. I don't even know what this is. All entirely vegan. You just want me to... Uh-huh. Because this is a t- it does look like a tasty treat. Is it a cake ball? Would you say it's a cake ball? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. No cake in it. Mm. Oh, my God. That is really good. Is that amazing? 
What do you mean there's no cake in it? It's just a vegan cake, right? Yeah, you can't call it a cake without... Yes, you can. Eggs. That's <laughs> an interesting line. There's oh, delicious. Was this something... Is it, is it a business of hers or something? No, huh? It's really good. It comes in a very fancy box. So was, but that, I think just... she should start her business. Did you just want to eat this and you, you ran out of time in the commercial break? Because this, you know, this doesn't have a point to it, does it? Nope. Hmm. Nope. I wanted to eat it. Oh, my God. It's good. And I've been on Atkins. And so I thought if I'm promoting my daughter, <laughs> Maybe, but... even though she doesn't have a business and you can't buy any of these, <laughs> she just made them for the staff. Is this like a brand? This is like one of those branding things. Like when Mercedes, they'll run an ad. It's not specifically for a car. It's just for like a lifestyle. Right. It's like the general Hannah brand is something you should be interested in. Right. Right. Like it's not necessarily, she's not selling these things. No, she, you, you should just get, like her. Yeah. You should mm-hmm. just like her. Like it's like a political candidate, but with no campaign. It's like vote for Hannah, but there's nothing to vote for her right. on. You just, just kind of like no, her. she's not running for anything. No. But she'll get it done. Hannah yeah. will get Hannah, it done. Hannah will get it done. <laughs> we'll get Hannah it done. will get it done. You know, you know what mm-hmm. my yeah. girls did for my birthday? It was so nice. So um, I have just this. I, I keep being told for two days. I'm like, okay, well, uh, you know, um, I got to do this. I got to do this. It's on my birthday. And I'm like, forget my birthday. Who cares? I've had 56 of them. I'm fine. And I have too much to do, blah, blah, blah. You know, but maybe we get to get there for dinner or something. Uh-huh. Okay. So my my girls... Um, I, I have it on my schedule that I have to be uh, finished with everything and be in my office by four o'clock in the afternoon. So I go in and they have uh, set up the couches and everything in my office and a big screen TV. And they went and they, they got um, one of my favorite Hitchcock films, The Man Who Knew Too Much. Uh, and they had a popcorn machine in there and a little candy counter. And we sat, they printed these beautiful little tickets that were just, you know, said Mercury Theater, uh, man who knew too much. And the serial number on the end of the ticket was my birthday. And it was just really, really sweet. And I just sat on my couch with my two daughters and we just watched a movie. And it was the best birthday ever. That's really cool. Just the best. That wasn't cool for them. I'm sure it wasn't their favorite. Well, they made 18 bucks. They charged me 18 bucks to get in to see that damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's not even food. Oh, there was candy, hmm. but. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. I got a birthday present from the audience, by the way, uh, this week. Mm-hmm. In that, in mm-hmm. my birthday was the day before yours, in mm-hmm. case you don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm a little younger, though, technically, if you look at the years. Uh, but. <laughs> Uh, we, you know, the Stu Does America, the show, uh-huh. new show yeah, started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got available it. We've on heard YouTube. about it. We've heard about available it Available on blazetv.com. Got it. Also, podcast. Uh-huh. So you can go and subscribe to the podcast. Uh-huh, and, right. And we were, we had, I mean, we'd gone really far. I, I was, I'm not going to say I was like not thinking it would go as high on the charts as it did. I mean, because that would show no confidence in myself. <laughs> but I was very surprised at how high it was going. And then I was, I thought, thought to myself, Wait a minute, we're getting close to Michael Moore's podcast. And right. Michael Moore is like a top twenty podcast mm-hmm, all the time. He's one of the bigger mm-hmm, ones mm-hmm, on the left. Right. And I saw him at like number like twenty or nineteen or something. We were mm-hmm. at twenty six or twenty seven. Mm-hmm. And we said yesterday, hey, like if go go subscribe to this podcast so we can pass Michael Moore. Mm-hmm. Which would just think of how irritating that would be to Michael Moore. Here's the guy who's been around forever. He's one of the biggest figures on the left. Right. And he's got to deal with this idiot uh-huh. ahead of him on the charts. Uh-huh. uh-huh. So uh, yeah. Thanks to this audience, we have we have blown by Michael Moore. You blew past the fat man. Blew past 
the fat man. Mm-hmm. And then there was another fat man ahead of him, Glenn Beck. We passed him too. <laughs> Which is, uh, <clears throat> I mean, look, if you're having delicious cake balls like that, I can understand uh, how that happens. But uh-huh, so, uh-huh. Uh, we've, so now the Glenn Beck program is number 16 on the charts. Uh-huh. Stu Does America, number 15 on the charts. Okay, and I, will say I would like you to go and <laughs> put Stu. Now, I need about 100 times more people to do it because... I don't know what you're talking about. Once you've been established, oh. it takes it takes so many people to be able to move. But if you're a new up-and-comer... Oh, so this is, this the, is the excuse part of the program? moves you right up. Oh, you've moved into the excuses category on iTunes. Congratulations. <laughs> 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 Subscribe to the Glenn Beck Radio Podcast. Uh, here's what you're going to get. Nothing. You're going to get nothing. I'm not giving away little pins with Nancy Pelosi. I'm not promising you cute little shows. You know what you're getting. All of the stuff that you need every day mm-hmm. and an angry Bill O'Reilly every Friday. <laughs> but let me give you a little bit of a preview here. Though. Yeah. Okay. How fun yeah. would this be? Because yeah, I'm just looking yeah. ahead now. Okay. We're up All to right. number 15 in the charts. Mm-hmm. Stu does America. Mm-hmm. If this audience can pull it off. Mm-hmm. At number nine, we have the 1619 podcast from the New York Times. That one pisses me off so much. Oh, my gosh. They're just manipulating and completely reversing all of American history. By the way, Restoring the Covenant this July 4th in Gettysburg, Mm -hmm. we have, I think on Friday or Saturday, we have uh, experts that are going to be doing a, a deal debunking the, on the 1619 project. Yeah, because oh, wow. this is so crazy, so crazy that they are saying that that is the founding of America and it was all based on racism. That's not the founding of America. And just think of the New York Times, who's put to, all this effort into trying to change the history of the United States, has this massively successful pro, uh, podcast, and then Glenn Beck and Stu Does America pass him. I mean, that will be a fun moment. Yes. So that's number uh, nine. Number six, Rachel Maddow. Can we pass Rachel Maddow, you think? Yeah. I would love yeah, that. Yeah, you could. You could. I don't know if I can okay, just, just I because... I I'm better. Just stop putting yourself down. It's okay. No, I... <laughs> it's okay. I know It's the algorithm, you and piece then... of garbage. <laughs> Number five is Pod Save You've been America. promoting it only stop, on you... this show. What? Number five is Pod Save America. <laughs> Yeah. And number one is the daily from the New York Times. Yeah. So we could pass at least most of those. I mean, most of those we should be able to pass, blow right by. Right. And just go to the top. I, go right to the top. I just love how satisfying it is. Like, we, we just passed Chris Matthews. Chris Matthews? Yep. Passed Chris Matthews. What's, what, what podcast NPR. does Chris Matthews have? And who is watching or listening to a Chris Matthews podcast? I don't know. Apparently somebody. He's, he's number 17. What's the name of it? Uh, so you want to be... Oh, this is a new podcast. So you want to be president. This is a new podcast. Yeah, you really, you, this is a typical. No, no, okay, okay, a- boomer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm had- like, Chris Matthews cannot have a podcast that is in the top 20. Yeah, well, if it's a new one, yes, he can. Is it a new one? I've, I've never. Yeah, mm-hmm. I th- I'm pretty sure it is. I think it's just recently Although in the started. Chris Matthews timescale, new could be 1941. Yeah. He could have had I that mean, thing I out did. for a very long I, time. I, I, just, I just started this. 1923 was the first year I did it on radio. Yeah. Uh, so you're you're right. You're right on that. Um so check it out. Go subscribe. Yeah. So we can beat them. Yeah. Subscribe uh, to both uh, Stu Does America, the podcast, uh, brand new show, really good. Uh, also, the Glenn Beck uh, radio podcast, 
we we sure appreciate you listening every day. There's two versions of it, by the way. There's a short version that runs, I think, about an hour, and then there's the full show. Do you do the rate and review thing? Every podcast tells you yeah, you're supposed you to rate to. and review it. I'm you so lazy, to. though. <laughs> no, I, I know. Really, I know. I haven't even rated and reviewed my own podcast. I know. You can say anything. You know, just just rate, you know, give it a five-star rating mm-hmm. and just say, it's great, whatever. Um, but that changes the algorithm. This is all about algorithms. And it helps you be discovered if you're up in the top 20. And right. so it, the more people that rate and review... So, and subscribe, the higher it goes. So I just have to write, it's great whatever? <laughs> yes. Okay, it's great. Yeah. I'm going to put that on your podcast right now. It's okay, great. good. Whatever. whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Just give it. make sure you give it a five-star rating, and it's great, whatever. whatever. But then we'll give know you're in on the on Yeah, the in, in on the joke. <laughs> so just go and rate and review. Subscribe and rate and review. I might just post all the it's great whatever re- reviews we get uh, on, on Twitter. Just because I feel like it'll just be fun. To, it should. It's great. It whatever. Should. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, all right. Well, I'm, I'm excited about this. I think now we have some, there's some real momentum I have here. To, I have to tell you, I told my staff yesterday, because we are working on the second Wednesday special that is on the Blaze TV, 9 p.m. every Wednesday night, uh, and you can watch it on demand. Those are for the whole class. They're not all for used to. They just look. There's a lot of them there, and I thought I but could. But you like Hannah, one. don't you? She's great. There's Hannah's, just something Hannah's, about. There's just something about liking Hannah. Generally yeah. speaking. Generally speaking, mm-hmm. everybody should. Everybody should. Yeah. Everybody. It's, it's that's good, that's a good. We should come up with a. It's like almost like a campaign. Mm-hmm. Everybody mm-hmm. likes <laughs> Hannah. Anyway, uh, so uh, uh, I was talking to the staff yesterday because uh, I was doing an interview with a guy who is currently in. Uh, lockdown because of the coronavirus and he was in China and he was uh, you know he he was there he saw it he talked to the doctors he himself is a health professional and we had a conversation for about 40 minutes um, and we'll air all of that after the show on Wednesday night we'll make it available for the blaze uh, viewers as well but I'm doing this special on the coronavirus and we are really we're putting all of our resources into that one show a week. You know, I'm giving all my daily commentaries and everything else, but I'm using all the research uh, resources for that one show. And as I said to my staff yesterday, we finished up some work yesterday for Wednesday, and I said I'm more excited th- for this show than I think I even was for Fox. I haven't been this excited for a show uh, in I don't know a decade. Because it is just going to be cutting edge, timely, every single week you're going to get everything you need to know on that one subject. Mm. And, uh, and so subscribe, please. Join us at The Blaze TV. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.